Hello, welcome to the very first proper episode of Ali's Content. I'm your host, Ali, and today I thought I would jump into what calories and macronutrients are, how we burn them, and why our smartwatches are wrong. I do want to add a trigger warning that if calories is a trigger for you, please don't listen to this podcast. This is not meant to be triggering at all, it's just opinionated. So food is fuel, calories are energy, and we need energy to survive. If we went a few weeks without food, we would die. So calories are important to consume so that we can survive and live a healthy lifestyle. Especially if you run and work out, you're going to need to consume more calories to make sure your body is getting enough energy. Even if you have more muscle, you're going to need more energy as you have a more metabolically active tissue. And if you're a taller human being, an active human being, it really varies for each and every individual. The minimum amount of calories an adult individual should consume is 2,000 calories a day and the average um, is around 2,200 per day. People who track their calories meticulously every day, it's just so unnatural. I mean, think about it. Humans after the past century or hundreds of centuries, it's only been in the past couple of years people have started to track their calorie intake and get disordered eating patterns. We have to learn to listen to our body. And know how much energy your body needs. Listen to it when it's hungry. Fuel your body with the right foods. And when it's full, stop eating. If you're in a place where you're at a healthy weight and you can listen to your body. So obviously you aren't trying to gain weight. um, You shouldn't always listen to your body when it's fuel. That doesn't necessarily mean stop. But I am trying to give you a little preface. um, To try and encourage you not to count and track your calories as it is a quite... Um, quite a disordered eating um, behavior and frankly it's just not a way to live your life being so obsessed and constantly controlling and thinking of the numbers again uh, this is not to be triggering this is meant to be opinionated so remember energy is fueled that you need to thrive survive and live a healthy life so i'm allison and you're listening to an ellie's content podcast Today I'm going to be talking about calories, what they are, how they are used by the body and why your smartwatch is very inaccurate regarding the calories that it says you have burnt. Your smartwatch does not know how many calories your body has burnt, it's just making a pretty rough estimate and a study has shown that smartwatches can be up to 40% wrong, which is huge. But I'll explain how we actually measure how much energy we have used And from that knowledge, you will realize how your watch can only give you a very rough estimate. For your watch does not know how much oxygen you have consumed or how metabolically active your muscles have been in your workout. Um, Personally, I disregard the calories burnt part on my watch. I mean, I look at it out of interest, but I do disregard it. Um, For first of all, I know that the information is inaccurate. And second of all, I just don't want to be obsessed by the numbers and get caught up in a negative mindset around calories so let's jump into it so what are calories what is a calorie calories are energy so kilojoules are a unit of measurement used by dietitians and scientists and one kilocalorie equals 4.18 kilojoules so if you look at the packaging on most things in australia you'll see kilojoule written on it The law is that you have to have kilojoules, but you don't have to have calories written down on the packaging. So everything on a packet will have the kilojoules indicated. So if something has 1,000 kilojoules, divide it by 4.18 to get the number of calories in that product. 
So the average adult requires around the adult, the average female adult uh, requires around 2,000 calories per day. And if you're training, you'll need more. But again, like I said before, it is dif- different for everyone. Um, so as a result, it's very dependent on your specific circumstances. So when individuals talk about calories, they're referring to kilocalories. So for example, if someone says an apple has 80 calories, they are referring to kilocalories. It's actually 80,000 calories. But because those figures are too large to work with, we use the abbreviation KCAL or just calories. So one cal equals 4.18 joules. 1,000 calories equals 4.180 joules and 1 kcal equals 4.18 kilojoules. So because we're measuring kilojoules, like it's just, we're just measuring kilojoules um, most of the time. Uh, And just because this is becoming increasingly complicated, I'll just use an example. So if you consume an apple and your fitness tracker indicates that it contains 80 calories, which is how we measure it, It has 80 kilocalories and 80,000 calories, which we um, call calories, but are officially kilocalories. Um, So let's move on because this is going to just go around in circles. So as I previously said, calories are energy. And so what does the term energy actually imply? So a calorie is the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of one milliliter or gram of water by one degree. So if you have a 72 kilocalorie apple or 72 calories, releasing the energy held in that apple raises the temperature of 72 liters of water by one degree. And that's how we figure out how many calories is in it. So So that's what a calorie is and calories are found in all foods since they give us Um, energy so food is essentially fuel and it is made up of calories which we must consume in order to maintain life processes and feed ourselves as a result the calories in food are usually measured um, in some way and i apologize for the difficult pronunciation of this word but i believe it is bomb calorie meters or calorie meters however um, it's essentially a tool that scientists use in the lab and they place food inside a container surrounded by water and heat it until the food is completely burnt and then they record how much the temperature of the water rose in order to burn that food from which we can calculate the amount of calories in that product. Other methods or measurement exist as well and so I used to imagine it as a small tin arrangement in an industrial looking lab where the scientists would put an apple or a burger or whatever it would, uh, whatever it was Um, And it would burn up um, and a little number would light up stating how many calories were in it. But actually, they powder the food first. So they'd buy a powder Big Mac, like just any Big Mac, and and they would powder it down. And that's how the bomb calorie meter uh, works. So please accept my apologies for not being able to pronounce this word. Um, But in any way, um, that is how they measure food. obtain a label on commodities in the supermarket indicating the number of kilojoules or calories in that food. So, however, those labels can actually be inaccurate. So, I believe the law is stricter in Australia compared to America. 
but in America, I believe, they may be able to have up to 20% off. So there's a 20% error margin that is allowed. So they could be saying there's a lot like fewer calories in food than there actually are on the packet. Um, but now you know what a calorie is. So now let me explain macronutrients. So calories make up all food and macronutrients make up food as well. So we have macro and micronutrients. As a result, macronutrients are the major nutrients found in all foods. Depending on what it is largely made up of, each food will fall into one macronutrient category. Carbohydrates, proteins and fats are the three primary macronutrients. A carbohydrate, a fat or a protein can be found in any food. However, nothing is pure. Actually, that's a lie. Certain things are a pure carb, fat or protein, but the majority of meals we eat are not a pure carb, fat or protein. They have a little bit of everything. So I'll give you a few examples. So per 100 grams of broccoli, there is 7 grams of carbs, 2.8 grams of protein and 0.4 grams of fat. So it has a little bit of everything, but it is majority of a carb with a little bit of protein. So it's pretty low carb though, so it's more of a micronutrient food. Um, let's get into a fat. So an example of a fat is avocado, a very healthy and nutritious fat, but still a fat. So per 100 grams of avocado, there's 15 grams of fat, 9 grams of carbs, and 2 grams of protein. So it's considered a fat because it's mo it's got mostly fat but it still has some source of carb and a tiny bit of protein. Tofu is considered a protein because per 100 grams, there's 8 grams of protein, 4.8 grams of fat, and 1.9 grams of carbohydrates. So these are all examples of foods that combine all three macronutrients, and such as sweet potato, which we will classify as a carbohydrate because it contains 20 grams of carbs per 100 grams, making it higher in carbs than protein or fat, which it contains 0.1 grams of fat and 1.6 grams of protein. So sweet potato is a carbohydrate. And the other examples I gave um, before have more of a combination of other macronutrients. So sweet potato is a carbohydrate. Um, and these foods are healthy whole foods, whereas more processed foods such as white rice instead of brown rice or white bread um, would have a much higher proportion of carbohydrates than the other macronutrients. And then there are foods like eggs, which have seven, uh, seven grams of protein, um, but also five grams of fat, making them a protein and a fat source. So carbohydrates, fats, and proteins are the three major macronutrients. These three macronutrients are made up entirely of energy or calories. So if we look at it in terms of calories rather than kilojoules, Proteins and carbohydrates contain about the same amount of calories per grams, and fat is much more energy dense. It is a calorie content uh, of 9 per gram. And as a result, many people choose low-fat diets to reduce weight um, because they will consume less calories. However, all three macronutrients are essential and very important for your health. There are also some other not-so-main macronutrients. So alcohol actually has 7 calories per gram, so it's in between the 4 for proteins and carbs and the 9 for fat and fibre which we get through micronutrients, so veggies. Fibre is actually the non-digestible part of a lot of carbohydrates, so essential to have 
um, to have carbohydrates in your diet to get fiber. There's next to no calories in fiber, but it is essential. Because certain diets, such as the keto diet, entirely eliminate one of the macronutrient groups being carbs, resulting in a diet that is often high in fat and protein, and this diet just is simply not sustainable and not beneficial for most humans in the long run, if at all. So there are several exceptions, however, so people who have chronic conditions such as diabetes or who are extremely obese. Um, but for the majority of people, it's just not healthy or helpful for them. Um, and therefore, eating no carbs will deplete, deplete the body's glycogen stores. So that is our primary source of energy and our body runs on glycogen. So it essentially causes starvation when our bodies are not consuming enough of the glycogen. And our bodies are forced to use our own muscular tissue and fat stores as fuel. So because we need a certain amount of body fat and obviously require muscle tissue, we don't want it having breaking down. So, But fat, we need a certain amount of fat. So proteins build up our hair, our skin, our nails, our muscles, our organs. And we don't want that breaking down. Restricting carbohydrates also affects your um, body's abilities to metabolize carbohydrates if you eat them again. So if you eat them again, because your body has become fat adapted, you won't be able to properly metabolize the carbohydrates that you eat. On top of that, a keto diet typically lacks fiber, especially rough fiber, which we get mostly from our vegetables or micronutrients. And fiber comes from parts of plants that provide rigidity to the body. So soluble fiber can be digested, while insoluble fiber aids the microorganisms in the big intestine. So when you hear people say, eat probiotics for a healthy gut microbiome, it means your gut is challenged by fiber, which helps the microbes in your gut grow and flourish and have a healthy gut with regular bowel movements as well as disease prevention and keeping you fuller for longer. Um, as a result, all macronutrients are crucial. So I'll just give you a little bit of a brief overview of each macronutrient and why they're important before we return to our calorie discussion. We also have micronutrients, which are vitamins and minerals that we get from vegetables and fruits. So for example, if you make a nourish bowl, they will always say to include a source of protein, fats, carbohydrates, and micronutrients. And micronutrients would include vegetables such as spinach and kale. And I'm not sure why I'm naming vegetables right now. We all know what they are, but they are um, very nutrient rich and full of vitamins, but they don't provide much in the way of energy or a specific macronutrient. As I previously stated before, all macronutrients are necessary. We have carbohydrates, which are the most basic form of energy used in the body. We require carbohydrates for our brain to function. And on average, we require 120 grams of glucose for our brain to function. And carbohydrates are actually made up um, out of monosaccharides, which are individual units. And pure sugar is an example of a food that is a pure macronutrient. That's all carbohydrates are. So there is no protein or fat. And as a result, carbohydrates are stored as glycogen in the liver and muscles, and we use that glycogen to supply energy through glycosis. Carbohydrates are therefore necessary for energy. They give us energy for our neurological system, heart, brain, muscles, and organs, as well as fiber, vitamins, and minerals, as I previously stated. 
And that's just the most basic ex- explanation of why they are significant to us. Um, then there are proteins. So amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. And proteins are how we carry out many functions. So we rely on proteins which are contained in our muscle tissue to build up our bodies. And our mu- um, and it's not just our muscle tissue, but also our hair, skin and nails. And in extraordinary circumstances, we may use them as fuel. So if you're hungry and there's nothing else for your body to break down, it'll start to break down um, your protein and your muscles because it needs to get food um, from somewhere to survive. So there's another reason why you shouldn't starve yourself. Proteins are required um, for the growth and repair of body tissues, as well as the production of enzymes, antibodies, and hormones. They're also required for recuperation. So if you're working out, especially if you're lifting weights, you'll need protein to assist your muscles healing um, from micro tears and muscle damage, as well as carbohydrates. So you need protein to help rebuild the damaged muscle tissue and for those muscles to grow to a new level that they haven't been to before to become stronger. And that's basically how the concept of muscle building works. Then there are fats, sometimes known as lipids. So these are vital because they protect our internal organs, regulate our hormones, carry fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K, which require fats. And fats are necessary for um, supporting the organs, like I said, um, their cell membranes and insulation. And one of the symptoms of you being underweight is if you're always freezing, um, as well as thermoregulation, so its ability to keep you warm when it gets cold cool for um, the proper functioning particularly for the structure and function of cell membranes which are critical for our body's optimal functioning Um, they are also a fuel reserve so we do have fat stores in our body that may be used as fuel and they play a role as intraocular and extraocular messages and signal molecules for our body's processes so there are many types of fat And we know that there are healthier and less healthy options for all macronutrients um, like carbs, fats and proteins. And I'm not encouraging people to be fearful of foods in any way. But the items that aren't as healthy would be certainly um, consumed in smaller quantities or in moderation um, compared to the healthier um, options. So, for example, a carbohydrate like a sweet potato is much healthier for us than a donut would be. Obviously, I emphasized that um, that they aren't simply a pure carb, but they are classified as such. But um, like the donuts are things um, are much more processed and can be much more inflammatory to the body as well as being a lot less nutrient dense. Um, So there are different types of fats such as monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and they're the healthier fats for us and serve a variety of functions um, in our health. And saturated and trans fats, on the other hand, are harmful to human health if consumed on a frequent basis. And these are the foods that um, are advised to eat in moderation and not to be, and like don't be afraid of it. So such as butter, fried foods, deli meats and processed meats. So excessive amounts of these are what cause um, chronic conditions and they're foods that should be consumed in moderation. 
Um, but again, don't be frightened by foods. They are all vital and you want to concentrate on higher quality, nutrient dense ones. Um, and just occasionally in moderation, have the, like the, the less healthier foods. So now that we understand calories, we understand certain food examples and we understand macronutrients and micronutrients and how they are consumed, um, we eat them, but how do we burn them? So that's what I'd like to get into now. So let me start by saying that lifting weights does not burn more calories than cardio. It does, however, increase muscle mass and having more muscle mass raises your resting metabolic rate since you have more metabolically active tissue, which means you need more energy to survive and support yourself. However, in terms of the activity you're engaged in, if you do an hour of weightlifting or an hour of cardio, cardio, the hour of cardio will burn 10 times as many calories as the hour of weightlifting. However, this does not imply that one is better than the other. Um, It's not all about burning calories when it comes to training. It's not about that at all, in fact. Um, Training is all about what it does for your body, health and um, well-being. However, you are in a physical state. So cardio is an abbreviation for cardiorespiratory training, which simply implies working your aerobic system. So you're doing cardio if you're like when you're breathing heavily and both weightlifting and cardio are essential for a variety of bodily functions that target various processes, which is why they're still equally effective. So cardio is critical um, for heart health, circulation and lung function, whereas um, strength training or resistance training is extremely important for muscle function, muscle growth and muscle development. Um, and these are the only most basic definitions and benefits like The list is truly endless, um, but we don't want to get into that right now because there's just simply too much to cover. Um, So basically how each fuel is used and how we make energy in the body is quite complicated. And I won't go into the most complete explanation because it's a very long explanation. So when we burn our fuels to make energy, there are different types of um, metabolisms in our body. So there's the anaerobic metabolism, which is without oxygen, and an aerobic metabolism, which is with oxygen. So this is using oxygen to burn fuel to create energy. There's also fatty acid oxidation, which occurs when we burn fatty acids in our body. So when you're doing hard runs, for example, cardio activity, um, your heart rate rises dramatically. So you're doing more work, you have a larger energy demand and you need to get a lot more um, oxygen to your muscles to keep up with the work that you're doing. And as a result, your heart rate rises dramatically as you're taking more oxygen to burn fat and create energy. So your heart is responsible for delivering fuel sources to your cells via the bloodstream. And as we consume more oxygen, our heart pumps harder to supply more oxygenated blood to our cells. So when we use more oxygen, um, we know we're spending a lot more energy. And if you completed a weight exercise followed by a cardio session, check your heart rate, which it will almost certainly be considerably higher when you're running compared to when you were lifting the weights. So weight training does not get our heart rates into those aerobic zones when we use a lot of oxygen, but it does create a muscle, which is more metabolically active. 
and as I uh, as I previously stated so as a result if you have more muscle you will be using more energy um, at rest than someone who has less muscle so they are not metabolically active since they have fat cells and they um, and they do not have calories they do not require energy and do not consume oxygen so now we know what macronutrients we have and how much energy each macronutrient produces, the chemical structure of various foods is essentially how we obtain energy from them. As a result, these macronutrients have a large number of bonds, particularly carbon-hydrogen carbon bonds. So if you look at the chemical structure of foods, you'll notice that there are a lot of Cs. There are a lot of Hs joined by little lines, and each of these carbon hydrogen bonds so it's basically you imagine a little c and a little h joined by a little line and that's our little bond and if you've done chemistry you'll probably think oh my god you sound so stupid but i'm trying to make this as simple as possible so everyone can understand so there's a lot of energy trapped in those small links and when we break them that energy is transferred um, to biological labor and we use the energy from those bonds to drive our training. And we transfer that energy to a molecule called ATP. As a result, adenosine triphosphate is an energy producing chemical and converts ATP to ADP, which is a molecule that contains an adenine and ribose sugar and three phosphates. We remove one of the phosphates and the molecule becomes ADP instead of ATP or diphosphate instead of triphosphate. But in any case, I'd like to discuss how we calculate how much energy we use. Okay, so now we have our macronutrients, the metabolism, metabolism of each of these fats proteins and carbs um, is actually different in the body however energy is used at a cellular level for all of them so that is where it gets extremely technical and it's like biochemistry and how each person's metabolism works but first let's talk about how we calculate how many calories we've burned so why is your watch telling you that you've burned 100 calories in a 15 minute run how did how did it figure it out so your watch uses your heart rate to estimate, and most watches do. Some watches take into account your height, weight, and age, but most watches simply use a wrist-based heart rate sensor that measures your heart rate to estimate how many calories you're burning. And it can't actually account for whether you have greater muscle mass or fat mass. Um, because as I previously stated, muscle mass is much more metabolically active than fat mass. As a result, the amount of energy that you've consumed will be greatly affected. So if you have a wrist-based heart rate monitor, which most sport watches do because it's on your wrist, it measures your heart rate using a pulse oximetry, which is basically a red light that penetrates the skin and measures the changes in the color of your blood, which is important because your blood carries oxygen. So it's a device that calculates your heart rates in beats per minute. So humans are actually inefficient, to say the least, because we can't focus all of our energy on one single task, which is why we need to consume about 2,000 calories per day because we lose most of our energy um, for heat while still functioning the brain and, and doing tasks. So humans are really inefficient and we're only about 20% efficient. So the calorimetry, please, again, accept my apologies for the pronunciation of that because I know it's inaccurate I just I just know so 
It's the science that concerns the measurement of heat generation in the body. So calorie equals heat and meter equals science. So it's heat science. So simply a faster metabolism means a faster pace of chemical reactions in the body, which results in more heat being released. And as a result, we labor more. So our metabolisms grow since we are metabolizing more fuel because our bodies require more energy. So we primarily use indirect calorimetry to determine how much energy we use, which entails measuring expelled gases. So when I say expelled or expired gases, I'm referring to oxygen and carbon dioxide. So we have direct calorimetry, which is direct measure of the heat created and thus the energy spent and indirect calorimetry, which um, can measure other parts of the equation that we can then work out. So that's what I was saying before. We use the amount of oxygen utilized and the amount of carbon dioxide created to calculate how much energy has been expended. And that's why your smartwatch is most likely incorrect or at least very inaccurate. So your fitness tracker is only providing you an estimate of how many calories you burned during your workout. I can't tell you how much oxygen you've consumed or how much carbon dioxide you've made and can't account for um, your muscle mass or fat mass and has, again, a 40% inaccuracy rate. And based on studies that have been conducted, there is likely a large number of smartwatches that have not been um, fully researched in this regard. So in saying that, burning calories or consuming calories should not be your primary focus. It's simply just how life works. It should not be a source of fixation or control, which is not at all what I intended to gain on this episode. So it's sort of just describing how that all works. And I apologize for how confusing it was. I am not an expert and I just simply wanted to share my knowledge with you in this area. Um, I hope that this has given you a rough grasp grasp on what calories are and how we measure them and burn them. Um, So I'm going to put this uh, one to an end here and close with a quote. This is a statement that I live by and it is Rome wasn't built in a day. It just reminds me to take things slowly um, and and to not rush things. So please, if you enjoyed today's podcast, to share with your friends and family and please leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts because it really helps. And don't forget, if you get the chance to check out my website at Ellie's Content. And that's all for now. See you later.